Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. And this new series is exploring one of the ways we're seeking to do things as a church through building a culture of honour. Honouring is where we seek to build up, not tear down, bringing dignity rather than shame. But the danger with anything that when you feel like, all right, this is something I've got to do, is we rush to the doing. Rather, the way of Jesus is always, it's an overflow of something we've received. As I want us to discover and understand that the starting point, the foundation of any culture that we're seeking to build, that's seeking to honour, is understanding that we are honoured by God. Thanks for joining us. The reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 27. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. But we all have been baptised into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand. That does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye. Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part together just how he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary and the parts we regard as less honourable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all of the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, All the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. 
and each of you is a part of it. Morning all, um, really good to be with you, whether you're in the room downstairs, in the room upstairs, or joining us online in this moment or a moment in the future. It is a joy to get to just look again in this series of how do we seek to build a culture of honor uh, as a church. As we're not any old bunch of people. Uh, God has honored us by saying now we are the body of Christ on earth. And that's revealed in multiple ways throughout the planet in this moment as different groups gather and then scatter through the world. But we're just looking at our one, our little expression here in Harborn, Birmingham, of how we get to reveal just the wonder of the body of Christ. And just want to say a massive thank you to Debbie for reading the scripture over us, did it so excellently. Um, also wanted to send her love. I know she's watching online. Last Sunday, uh, Debbie unfortunately fell down the stairs and broke her shoulder. Uh, so I know she's in a lot of discomfort. So sending love, and I encourage all of us to be praying for her, swift recovery. Um, in a moment, we will dig in once again into this passage we're kind of camping out in over these coming weeks, as we have done the previous two. But before we get there, I want to just remind us of a question that we're living with uh, as a community, as a church. A question at the beginning of the year that we said, actually, let's just give ourselves to asking this question uh, of one another, not out of a desire to condemn, but out of a desire to encourage one another to ensure that we live in the wonder and beauty of how Jesus transforms everything and how we're therefore called to center everything of who we are on who Jesus is. And what we said is we wanna continuously seek to be defined and ask one another, how are you doing living centered on Jesus. How are you doing living centered on Jesus? And I thought it'd be good, just, we haven't done this for a while. My guess is it's happening moments, spontaneous as we're seeing each other, but I just felt like, yep, it's good just every so often to kind of remind ourselves of this question. And I want us to linger on it for a moment and just turn to someone near us. And we're gonna take two to three minutes. It's not, remember, condemning. It's encouraging. Maybe you're here saying, well, I've never been here before. Like, I just want to know, what does it look like then for you to center your life on Jesus? Just ask that. Uh, but can we ask ourselves this question? If you're online, jump on the chat and answer the question, how are you doing living centered on Jesus? Two minutes, turn and speak. I just want to encourage us, let's just keep asking one another this question. As ultimately, I believe that's what life is about, is about seeking to live more and more centered on the wonder of who Jesus is. And that as we do, it transforms everything of who we are. I know for me at the moment, um, what it's looking like is continuously, daily coming to Jesus and saying, I want to live more at the pace that you afford me to live at and really enjoying silence. Like if you know anything about my background, I like talking and just this way of just coming and being okay with silence and in the silence, realizing more of who Jesus is and more of how he's wanting to find who I am. I'm just finding profoundly life-giving at the moment. So yeah, let's keep asking ourselves because the point is, as we seek to live more centered on Jesus, it does transform how we act towards everyone else. 
And it actually transforms how we act towards one another in order that we would build a culture of honor. And I want us to look again at this as we're going to zoom in, particularly on verses 22 to 25, where I want us to look at honoring through protecting today. See, Paul writes this, verses 22 to 25, just want to emphasize them. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the most more honorable parts do not require that, this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all members care for each, others, each other. I want us to just see the beauty and wonder the privilege of how building a culture of honor means that we honor through protecting. And through these verses, Paul kind of emphasizes what that protection looks like by saying it's about clothing, it's about caring, and it's about bringing dignity. And I just want us to camp out in that because I believe this allows us to be one of the safest communities to ever enter and be part of. It transforms us into a place where you can be truly yourself and know that you're going to be loved and accepted and stood with and cared for and pushed on. And I believe we're in a world that's crying out for a bunch of people who can honor through offering protection. So you have to look at the uh, platform of Twitter, which I deleted actually a number of years ago because it just did my head in, not because of the world out there, but actually because of the church. And <laughs> just hearing the way we kind of treated one another online, I was just like, I can't do this. Like, you look at it and you look at that platform and just see, it just seems like a screaming match of who can shame who the loudest. We're called to build something so different. And the starting point of how we live this way is how we saw from the, from the first week is because actually what we've received in what God and how God has treated you and I, how God longs to treat you and I. See, there's an honor that we are invited to know. See, for each of us, if we've centered our life on Jesus, there's a profound way that God has honored us in protecting us. Maybe you're here today and you're kind of figuring out like, like who is God? Who is this Jesus? And you're trying to figure out what, what does that mean for me? Well, maybe this is going to help you see this in a little bit more detail. You see, God has met us through Jesus in our profound need, our vulnerability, our shame, both of what we've done and what has been done to us. And in meeting us in that place of our need, vulnerability, and shame, he doesn't humiliate, he doesn't reject or expose us, but rather honors us by protecting us, protecting us in the ways that Paul speaks about. See, God's one who seeks to clothe us, seeks to clothe us with Jesus. In order that the wonder of who Jesus is, who Jesus has eternally been, of being loved and accepted, is how you and I 
get to live now knowing through centering our life on Jesus of how we're now clothed, eternally loved, eternally accepted. That he seeks to care for us, bringing us comfort, healing, guidance and empowerment through allowing the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within us. Wow, if you've centered your life on Jesus, the Father says, I care for you. Care for you continuously by the Spirit eternally being present within you. Bringing us comfort, healing, guidance, and empowerment. See, God honors us by protecting us, by clothing us in Jesus, by caring us, by placing the Spirit within us, and by bringing us dignity. See, what God the Father says over you and over me is that now we're His. We're His children forever. That's the dignity he gives us. He doesn't call us dutiful servants. He says, no, no, you are my children. Therefore, you get to be part of my eternal family of Father, Son, and Spirit who've eternally existed in love and goodness. You get to know this family. You get to be characterized by this family. And you get to be about what this family has always been about, which is revealing the wonder of the family and inviting everyone to belong. Like that, that's what it means that God honors us. God honors us through protecting us by saying, actually, in our weakness, our vulnerability, our shame, he comes and meets us and, and clothes us in Jesus, cares for us by placing the spirit within us and comes and causes us to know that we have dignity. Like, do you know that? Like, have you received Jesus? Have you received the wonder of this honor? Because the invitation's for you. We've already heard it come through worship. Like, the invitation today is for you. Like, come receive him. Yeah, but I don't know everything. doesn't matter. Just receive what you know. Like, for many of us, we say, you know, I, I've centered my life on Jesus. Yeah, I know that, yeah, I'm clothed. Yep. I know this sense of his care. Yep, there's a dignity. Are we living in it? Are we truly allowing that to sink to the depths of our being? To be the place that we marinate in? I love that, like marinating in this place. This place of honor that God extends to you and me. Why we need to marinate in it is because the old self, that place where we knew the vulnerability, weakness, shame, like so easily kind of comes back and we do things, we say things that we didn't quite mean and we, we kind of lose sight of how God now has honoured us. We have to continuously come to that place of saying, God, I allow just the wonder of how you've honoured me to sink to the very depths of my being. See, the truth is this. I became a follower of Jesus at age 14. And for the last kind of X, I've just needed, I've just caused myself daily to just keep marinating in the wonder of this. And here's the deal. I'm different to who I was then. Here's the beauty. I'm not yet who I will be. Wow. More to know. Have we settled for like second best? Have we settled for that sense of like, oh yeah, I've got that, let's move on. No, no, I never get it fully. I've got to allow this to keep permeating more of my being. 
Like we will get to look in a moment of how do we then like seek to show this. But I just felt today we just need to linger. Just from the start of this morning, just that moment where Rod just sang over us. And none of us knew what to do, do we? We kind of used to, are we meant to stand yet? Are we, are we sitting? Um, if you're in the room, if you're online, you didn't know anything. But in the room, it was kind of that moment, but just sitting and the invitation to be. And just allow that invitation of how God longs to honor you and I to meet with us. I just want to take a moment just to be, just to allow God by the Spirit to come and meet with you and me, to allow us to know again just the wonder that we're clothed in Jesus, cared through the Spirit, the dignity that he brings us, that we're now his children. Just where you are, just if you feel comfortable, close your eyes. I'm just going to pray for us. You may want to put your hands out to say, Jesus, I'm open to you. I want to receive everything that you afford me. God, I thank you. You know each and every one of us. I thank you. You know us in the room, you know us online. You know everything that we're going through at this moment. You know where we feel strong and where we feel vulnerable and weak. And I pray, would you come and would you meet with us? I pray in this moment, would you cause us to know something afresh of the wonder, of the beauty, of how you honor through protecting us of how you clothe us in Jesus, of spirit, how you're longing to bring your care to us, your comfort in this moment, your guidance, your empowerment. And Father, I pray, would you allow us to know the wonder and dignity that we're now your children. I pray, would you begin to peel back the old clothes, Would you begin to just renew our mind to allow us to know the wonder of the dignity that you've given us? I ask that for your glory. Amen. You see, from the honor we know, it's an honor we're invited then to show. But you can only ever show what you've known. Like that, that's the deal. That's why it's so important that we keep camping out, receiving like what God brings us, because it's only from that place that we can then offer. Offer this honor to one another. And see, the beauty of this honor that we then get to show is one that sometimes means we'll be the one offering it, giving it. Sometimes we'll be the one receiving it. I don't know how you are today. Maybe today you've come and said, yeah, I, I, I know what it is to feel vulnerable. Well, God wants to meet with you through us. Maybe today it's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not feeling that vulnerability, but you're here because you're gonna be administering this. 
My eldest daughter showed, uh, sent me this video clip last week of um, Glastonbury, of a guy called Louis Capaldi. I don't want to give the impression that I kind of know stuff. I watched a little bit of Glastonbury, but it wasn't Louis Capaldi. I, only, I watched the band called Ezra Collective and then uh, Fred again, just because a friend said, again, watch this. And I love both of them. But this moment with Louis Capaldi undid me. And I wanted to share it. I'm going to watch it in a moment because I think it reveals the wonder of what it looks like for a bunch of people to seek to honour how God honours, seeking to clothe one another, care for one another, and bring dignity. See, this is Lewis Capaldi um, performing on the main stage at Glastonbury, the pyramid stage. And before we watch it, I want us to share part of his story. See, last year he announced that he had been diagnosed with a condition called Tourette's syndrome. And what this looks like is that he will unexpectedly have debilitating tics, uncontrolled movements, sounds, and sometimes words that he can't control, and they may occur in the middle of a song and may stop him being able to perform. So with that in mind, hopefully, we're just going to watch this short clip. What happened in that moment is he couldn't perform. And what the crowd did is they covered him. They cared for him and they brought dignity. And as I saw it, I thought so often we can poke at the world and say how bad you are. And in that moment, I saw something of the beauty of Jesus, of the beauty of what women are be of how in those moments where we see someone in their vulnerability and their weakness, in their shame, that we get the privilege of extending something far more beautiful, of clothing, of caring, of dignity. And this is good news because I promise you, all of us need honour that protects See, I know there's moments where I find myself in life circumstances that cause me to feel vulnerable and weak. I do things that are wrong or have people do things that are wrong to me. I can find myself feeling I haven't simply done wrong or had wrong done to me, but that I am wrong. And honour 
that seeks to protect becomes a place of safety for me in those moments of vulnerability. Because vulnerability is scary because I'm allowing others in to where I am. And how I'm received in that moment makes all the difference. And if I know I'm part of a bunch of people that are seeking to honor by protecting, suddenly it means my, most, my vulnerability is a place where I get to find treasure rather than pain. And the truth is, I don't think I'm alone. I think we all know moments of vulnerability. I think we live in a world of people who know what it is to be vulnerable. And they're crying out for a crowd of people to just come. I say, we've got you. If I want to just briefly just say, what does it mean then for us to be clothing one another? to be allowing this treasure to be seen, that sometimes we'll be receiving it, often we'll be offering it. See, clothing means that we're not exposing. It involves covering, providing safety through our words and actions. In other words, in our words that we're not seeking to judge or add shame or to tell everyone else about what's going on. It's in our actions that we're not seeking to ignore or isolate or move away, rather... I say how we clothe is by loving. You see, if our motivation isn't love for one another, it will always feel like duty. And will always be heard as duty. It's why Paul like quickly flips on. If you get to chapter 13, all it is is about love and how we get to administer God's love to one another. You have to... Seek to clothe one another by loving one another. I met someone on Friday who knows what I do as a pastor. And he said, oh, you're a quite charismatic individual. And they said, um, I guess you, you have to just be good with people. I said, no, I'm not very charismatic. I'm not very good. I just really love people. I really love people. And that comes at cost sometimes. And as I said that, suddenly it transformed. He said, I get it. I get it. We love. And because when we love, what it does is it causes us to be understanding. It means that in us loving someone, we seek to understand their story, what's making up their moment in that moment, which stops us from judging how often we quickly judge someone by the outward of what we're seeing and yet never understanding the story that they're living with. And then we get to clothe him, not just through loving and understanding, but revealing that Jesus is enough. I've come to realize that the best clothing I can place on someone else isn't my answer, isn't my wisdom, but it's Jesus. And that isn't some pat answer. It's rather me coming and saying, in the complexity of what you're living with, I still believe Jesus is enough. Should we go and discover together whether he is? Like how freeing is that? That you and I don't have to find the answers, don't have to find the wisdom, but rather just keep coming and leaning into the fact that Jesus is enough. I don't know what you've come with today. Maybe there's complexities that you're living with saying, I don't know what to do about this. I promise you Jesus is enough. We don't limit who he is. We need to allow the doors to be flung open and say, he is enough.
So it's through clothing, it's through caring. Just three things in terms of caring. Firstly, it's about empathy. Empathy, I think, is one of the most powerful ways we can show someone we care. Empathy is not sympathy. Sympathy is where we kind of seek to silver line things, seek to kind of fix the thing. Brené Brown, who is probably one of the leading thinkers uh, in terms of empathy, in terms of um, shame, she talks about four things that allow us to seek to be empathetic towards one another. The first one is this. It's about seeing the world as the others see it. In other words, it's about placing ourselves in their shoes. So often when someone says something, we're thinking through how we would see it. It takes time and energy to realize what's going on and to see the world how they see it. Secondly, it's about being non-judgmental. Just listening. Not jumping to the judgment. Why did Jesus say, you know, Look at the plank in your own eye before you look at the speck. Because you just knew what our hearts are like, how quickly we judge. Like I always want to come with that place of, I've been so much, so much mercy. How do I show mercy in this moment? Thirdly, understanding another person's feelings. It's so powerful to understand how someone else is feeling. And that takes it takes questions, it takes thoughts, it takes, sometimes we get it wrong and say, is this how you're feeling? That's not how I'm feeling. I'm sorry, can you tell me again? I want to understand. Because fourthly, it's about communicating your understanding of that person's feelings. Empathy is that moment of saying, I think I'm starting to understand. Is this how you're feeling? Is this what's going on? I'm with you in this place. So firstly, it's about empathy. Secondly, it's about confronting. That's how we can show care towards one another. Now, confronting has to be done out of love because if it isn't, it just is about conforming people. You see, confronting is saying out of love that what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're believing isn't God's best for you. I need people to do this. Like in the last couple of weeks, I've had people confronting me. And I love it because what they're saying to me is, you can't, I can't keep watching you take on responsibility that is not yours to take on. It's not all down to you, Adrian. I need people to say that. Most loving, caring thing they could do, confront. And thirdly, I'd say caring is about providing. See, sometimes the most caring thing we can do is say, how can I be of help? Not, here is the help that I will bring. See the difference there? Like, we show care by saying, yep, I think this is the help you need. No, no, no. <laughs> What's the help you need, and how can I help facilitate that? You see, it isn't that we may be the answer. Our part might be to find others who can be. So we seek to care one another for one another through empathy, through confronting, and through providing. So we're looking to honor, to protect through clothing, through caring, and then finally through bringing dignity. I think this is the one that I'm contemplating most at the moment. Because I think we live in a world that seeks to sideline, hide, or ignore those defined as weaker or more vulnerable. The elderly, the youngest, those with life-limiting illnesses, and those living with disabilities, both seen and unseen. 
we're going to reveal something vastly different to the world outside in the way we speak and act, in how we reveal the wonder and beauty of who we are together, of placing dignity on everyone, regardless of age, regardless of health, regardless of seen and unseen disabilities. And I want to just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because I think on this one, we've sometimes got it wrong. And I take responsibility on behalf of the team that had the privilege of leading Oasis to say, I'm sorry where we've got this wrong. And I know we're not yet who we're meant to be on this. But I want us to offer something that is so beautiful to the world outside, that gives dignity to everyone. And what this results in as we live this way is harmony. I love how the paraphrase or version of the Bible, the New Living Translation says this, that it's a harmony that results in this, that there's not division. But as we seek to give and receive, honor through protecting, it creates this beautiful harmony. I don't know if you've ever heard an amazing harmony, not a harmony where it's slightly out of tune, a harmony that is just awesome. And it kind of causes you, all the hairs to stand on end. You just think this is so rich. This is so beautiful. That's what's going to happen. As we live like this, it becomes this harmony that sounds good to us. It sounds good to everyone who comes into contact with it. But also it's a harmony we then get to go and cause the world outside to hear as we seek to honour through protecting. Can I encourage us? Let's give ourselves to this. Let's give ourselves to keep receiving the honor through protecting that God gives us. And let's keep revealing it through both sharing and receiving in who we are. We're done. Thank you, my friends. Um, It is a privilege to be part of this church and community. Thank you online. Be blessed.